Grace. I'm Sarah. And I'm Trudy. And we're the Book Hoes. In this week's episode, we are joined by very special guest, Emma Lord, who is the author of both Tweet Cute and her new release, You Have a Match. We're very excited for her to come on. We're really excited to talk to her. But first, we're going to talk about what we've been reading this week. Sarah, what have you read? Um, I actually read a decent amount this week. I finished Honey Girl by Morgan Rogers, which is the book I mentioned in last week's episode. But uh, in case you forgot, it's about a woman who gets her PhD and then uh, goes to Las Vegas to celebrate getting her PhD and ends up marrying a random woman she just met there. And um, it's not a romance novel. And I just want to say that because the only negative reviews I've read of this book are from people who went into it thinking it was going to be like a light, happy romance. But it's really about her just finding herself and like making her way in the world after she's done with, you know, 11 years of intense schooling and trying to like find her way. And there is some romance in it. One of the things that stuck out to me most actually was the platonic friendships. The friendships in this book are amazing. They're so well-written. And this book was also really short. It was under 300 pages, which we love that. I love short books. So that was definitely a plus for me. And But it managed to pack so much and so much like great relationship stuff into the like 290 pages. So I gave it five out of five stars. I highly recommend checking it out. Um, and then I also have been reading Archer's Voice by Mia Sheridan, which is our group read for February. March 1st will be the day that our discussion episode airs. So definitely don't miss that. And if you want to uh, listen to it all the way through and hear all of our thoughts, then you should definitely read the book and also send us your thoughts, etc. And I will save my final thoughts for the episode, but I will say that I am liking it and you should definitely read it with us and send in your thoughts. And then other than that, I've just been reading a book about UX design for my class and also a book about investing because I'm not trying to be a broke bitch forever. And (laughs) I know those aren't very exciting, but I figured I'd share them because I have been reading a lot in them as well. So yeah, that's what I've been reading this week. Shruti, what have you been reading this week? Um, so I have to give an update from last week, of course, because I did have to skip last week. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, because I wasn't there, I did have, so I edit the podcast for those of you who do not know. So I had to listen to everything that went on when I was not here. Um, and there were times where I was like, I wish I was there so I could yell at how terrible everyone's takes were. Um, but I did have to point out that, um, so Grace mentioned that she had started reading The Viscount Who Loved Me the second book in the Bridgerton series. And they were going off about the bees. And let me just say, bee allergies are a thing. And I'm pretty, I don't know. I want to know, when was the Raven Cycle published? This is my question. 2011? Yeah, so definitely Bridgerton came first. So I'm just saying, no, I'm just saying. But also on that note, on that note. (laughs) Richard Gansey the third, I'm just saying. But anyway, on that note, um, not related to what I read, which I'll get to in a second. But uh, this week, we also got a casting announcement um, for season two of Bridgerton which was um, Simone Ashley, who was in sex education, has been cast as Kate. Um, And they changed her last name too, which I think is really awesome, to Sharma. Although I do have issues with that because Sharma is like a North Indian last name. And uh, Simone, the actress, is definitely Tamilian and like South Indian, um, which I personally relate to. So I was like a little weirded about that, but they clearly did it because it starts with SH, like the original name of the book. Um, But I'm super excited about it. Um, And yeah, that's, I'm just very, very happy that they cast a dark-skinned Indian woman to play Kate in the book so over in the show as a second season so yeah 
I hope as Grace reads that second book, because it is a very good book. It is, I think it was my third favorite. Um, so I'm very, very excited for it. And I'm very happy about that casting. But I'll throw that out there. This is an unofficial Bridgerton Updates podcast now. <laughs> there you go. Um, as the, I think they start filming in a couple weeks. So don't, don't, worry, don't be surprised if I start just throwing in random updates. Anyway, what I actually read. Um, so I'm currently reading, actually I'm halfway through Bet Me by Jennifer Creasy. Um, it's a pretty, not old book, I guess, but it was like published in like early 2000s. And you can definitely tell <laughs> by some of the writing, but I, I was reading it because I was in the mood for like a really tropey romance. And so this is the one by its title where the guy bets one of his like not really friends that he's gonna like get with a girl. And like, you know, there's drama with that. What I really like about it is actually the hero knows about the bet like very, very early on. So that's not, there is some tension with it, but it's not like the, it's not the tension, at least not so far. Um, I haven't quite, don't quite know if I like how, so the heroine is overweight and she's described as curvy and pudgy and all that stuff. And I haven't decided how I feel about it because she has a very unhealthy relationship with food. Um, so yeah, I haven't decided how I feel about that yet. So it's like very early 2000s romance, um, which I think was very interesting for me to read. Like I'm having a good, like a pretty decent time, but there's definitely issues with it too. So we'll see. Um, that's the only thing I have been read this week. But what I did finish last week, because I read a whole two books, you guys, or a book and a half, I guess. Um, is A Prince on Paper by Alyssa Cole. Um, it's my first Alyssa Cole novel and I really, really loved it. Um, there's just, I don't know, there's just like so, she has a lot of like rich characters. So even, um, this is the third book in the Reluctant Royal series. So I skipped the first two because they weren't, the tropes weren't as interesting to me. Um, but this one had fake engagement um, and the hero is like a jokester, like the funny guy, but like he's really soft and like emotional inside. And it's like, that's like my, my, my kryptonite. And then the heroine is like, has a lot of like, back uh, baggage going on in her background but she's still like super strong and very kind and I love that so I really really love this book Alyssa Cole's a great writer and I was I can't remember who I was telling this to but I was telling someone about how um there's a scene where they're like dry humping in bed because of course there's only one bed right um and it's probably hotter than most sex scenes, like sex scenes from other authors so great job Alyssa Cole wonderful book highly recommend um and I'm very excited to read more Alyssa Cole um as well so really enjoyed that one um, that one I gave five stars. Bet me right now, of course, I'm still only halfway through, so we'll jury's out. Um, as of right now on Goodreads, I am still only I am only three books ahead of schedule, which is weird for this time period. Only three. I know. Normally I would be like like 15, 20 books ahead. So I really haven't read that much. But I guess but I'm like not behind on schedule. It feels like I haven't been reading a lot, but I'm not behind on schedule, so I don't really know. So we'll see. I mean, I've been trying to hit two books a week because that would put me at hundred at the end of the um, end of the year, even though I guess this week and last week, I only read two, but because I think there was a week or two where I read like three or four that it all evens out in the end. What about you, Grace? What have you been reading this week? So I have not been reading much this week. Um, I did finish um, Always and Forever Largine before the movie came out. So go me. I finished that last week. And then I've been slowly but surely working my way through The Viscount Who Loved Me. I've read like two chapters of it this week. I have not made much progress on that. It's fun. I'm having a good time still. It's a fun time. And then I also started our group read, Archer's Voice. I'm listening to it on audiobook from Hoopla, but I'm only a few chapters into that as well. And then, so last week I talked about, or Kelly brought up the um, Cemetery Boys. And I was like, oh my God, I've had a hold on that forever. 
like literally since August, I've had a hold on that book and I'm never going to get in. Blah, blah, blah. Well, the day after we recorded that episode, I got a text from my library that my hold on Cemetery Boys came in. So I have that book in my possession now. Again, I'm only like two chapters into it. And yeah, that's that's all I've been doing. It's good so far. There are ghosts, but in like a casual way, like they're just ghosts loitering about, which is very fun to me. So good times, good times. I have two questions for you. Yes. The first question is, how are you starting? How are you in the middle of reading three different books? I could never. That, okay. I guess that's not really a question. That's a statement. Okay. And number number two is you need to watch the CW show Nancy Drew because there are just casual ghosts everywhere. I've really? Anyone. That's, that's that my statement. Yeah. I so I started watching season. So I skipped season one for reasons. And I just decided to start watching season two because I wanted that like squad vibes, which they have a lot of. And I'm enjoying it. Like even though I completely skipped season one and I probably will go back and watch it at some point for like the character development. I'm liking it. It's a good time. I'm having fun. As your local Nancy Drew stan, I considered watching it and then I got scared off when it was on CW, but Fair. I might try it. I might try it. And I mean, so I guess this is not, I guess it's a big, pretty big spoiler, but it's pretty well known that the Ned character and the Nancy character, they get together, but they pretty quickly like break up in the season. And then he actually gets with a different character, but I actually like that other relationship. And I do think, um, and again, I've only seen like five episodes of the second season so far. Um, but I don't know. I just really love the dynamics of like all of the different characters. So I like, I trust that whatever relationships that will happen will be done well, because at the end of the day, the mysteries are fine and the characters are in a squad and they're having a good time. So okay. that's all I need. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. I'll check it out. Uh, I, you might've convinced me. I might also check it out. I and do. yeah, there's also just casual ghosts. So yeah. I, oh, I we love that ghosts. even better. Yeah. Right. So next is our little interview with Emma Lord. But before we get to that, let's hear a word from our sponsors. And we're back. So this week we are joined by Emma Lord, who is the author of Tweet Cute and also You Have a Match, which just came out this January. Um, All three of us have been obsessed with Tweet Cute since it came out. And we were, of course, really excited for You Have a Match. And we're obsessed with that as well. And we were just Emma Lord stands in general. So we were really excited when she said she would come on. And we are really excited to get to talk to her. So welcome. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm I'm Buckhose stands. So, <laughs> so, so the standing is mutual. Uh, which is, I, I've been looking forward to this ever since. You, I'm so glad you guys reached out. So thank you for having me. Yay. That's good. Okay, so we have some questions for you, and we usually open up our episodes with talking about what books we've read recently, so I wanted to ask you, what are some good books that you have read recently? Um, the one that I just comes to top of mind, because I'm in the middle of it, and this is like one of those, like, thing, this is, I feel like this is one of those things where it's like the hot ticket that everyone's like, how did you get it before Ticketmaster crashed? But uh, I managed to get an arc of one last stop and it uh, is as good as everybody says it is. I'm good as the incorrect word, <laughs> profound, amazing. Uh, just stunningly beautiful so far. I'm halfway through and trying my best to savor it, but I'm I'm doing a very poor job of it because I keep wandering back. I have other things I'm supposed to read because I have to be blurbing them, but I keep wandering back to it because it's so good. Um, I also just read... Um, Counting Down With You by Tashi Bunyan. And that was so great. Everything in my fan fiction, Shipper Dreams. Um, oh, a- Amelia on a Bridge, which I'm, I, this is a podcast, so you guys can't see me holding it up Ooh. to the camera, but I have it here. Uh, this is uh, Ashley Shoemaker's debut, which came out yesterday. And it is very swoony and very bookish and just beautiful. Uh, I screenshotted lots of, I, I read it on a on a phone. So I screenshotted lots of beautiful quotes from it that are now forever on my phone. So someday <laughs> when I die, 
people will look at it and be like, wow, you certainly screenshotted a bunch of quotes about whales out of context. (laughs) (laughs) How about you guys? Well, I'm reading, um, I just got Cemetery Boys from the library the other day. So, but I'm only like two chapters in, but I've had it on hold since August. So I'm excited to start it more. I just finished Honey Girl by Morgan Rogers and it was so fun and good. I gave it five stars. I absolutely loved it. I haven't really been reading anything, which is like anti me. Um, so, but I do need to start reading our group read, which is Archer's Voice by Mia Sheridan. So I'll probably start that this weekend. Um, I have read Cemetery Boys and I loved it so much. Cried in the park. That's publicly. what people have been saying. Yeah. I'm excited <laughs> to also cry publicly. Yep. 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 Uh, but I feel like, I feel like this week it's so cold that anybody can, can be forgiven for not being on top of their TBR. Your brain cells they slow down because of the cold and you can't be expected to to focus on anything yeah it's so true true. (laughs) (laughs) okay so our next question is what are some of your favorite books slash genres slash authors gosh I feel like a little bit of every genre uh and this was uh, it's I mean it's great as a reader it's very confusing as a writer because I remember like my first question on the phone with my agent when she was like like before she signed me, she was like, what genre is this? And I was like, I have no idea. Um, uh, so I would say like a, a little bit of everything. I can't, I can't really do anything that's too scary though. Cause I'm a big chicken. Um, but in terms of like my, I guess like my favorite authors growing up and brash airs, uh, I've like been obsessed with like her, just her writing style, like, and beyond sisterhood of the traveling pants. Like my name is memory. Uh, I'm like, forget uh, the last summer of you and me. I just have always really enjoyed that style of writing. Um, I love Rainbow Roll. Um, I'm now I have Casey McQuiston on the brain. So, I mean, I, who isn't obsessed with Casey? That's gen- like at this point, it's sort of like we've all got that tattooed on our brains. We're all Casey yeah. stands. Um, so I would say those are like sort of like the and like any you know, it's all all the big uh, fantasy adventure magic books growing up. Too many to count. Uh, as evidenced by the lifetime of fan fiction that I have been, which is, I, I have a question for you guys, because I listened to your origin story episode where you guys talked about how you met. Um, what is House of Anubis? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, it is so, um... <laughs> it's a children's, okay, so it's, it's like a children's slash tween teen TV show that aired on Nickelodeon between 2011 and 2013 and it had a very small but very mighty (laughs) fandom that we were a part of when we were teenagers slash like young adults so like Grace and I were like teenagers Shreve was a teenager too right (laughs) yeah yeah so we were like a little bit older than like the target audience of the show I guess but we were like we 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 bonded over it we had yeah Yeah, it was like a mystery. Yeah. They it took place in England, but there was always like mm-hmm. a token American character to yep. um, reach American audiences. Very yeah, they're like out acting. Of, mm-hmm. They're oh, at a boarding yeah. school with like mysteries. Yeah, I feel Snow like the... I don't know how I missed this. I feel like it's one of those things where like these like small but mighty fandoms, as you describe them, they're like ships in the night where they just like if you're in one fandom at the time, you just completely miss the other ones that are coexisting yeah. with you exactly yep <laughs> it's now streaming on cbs all access if you want to catch <laughs> I, feel like I, have to. I feel like i have to i feel like this is like part of like the cultural landscape that i've now missed i think during that time 
I was like very deep in the second Spider-Man reboot is, mm. is probably That's what, what was happening to me back then. Very fair. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. It's kind of had a revival in the last couple of years. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like every time I'm like, I, I, I reach an end point where I'm like, I, I'm finally hit the point in my life where I'll never write a fan fiction about Spider-Man again. It just, it just keeps <laughs> dragging me back in, kicking and screaming. Well, there's always a new <laughs> I hear you. Oh, wait, did you guys mean there's going to be a House of Anubis revival? Oh, no. 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 That would be <laughs> like, great. But that would be, I mean, if it's a private crazy. school, I actually would not be shocked. I feel like these days, my dad was just, just came down the stairs and was complaining about our viewing history and was like, why does every show you guys watch? This was my impression of a 73-year-old man. <laughs> he was like, why, why does every show you watch have to do with like private school kids who are up to no good? And we were like, it, it's a very compelling genre. Yeah, like, and yes, it is. Is. this was the blueprint, I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question is, what, if anything, has inspired the stories and characters in Tweet Cute and You Have a Match? Oh, man. Okay. Um, Tweet Cute, I have given the general story before, but I will give you guys the real story, which is uh, it started with a glass of wine. <laughs> and and it was just the one glass. And I was like, I think it would be really funny if there was a rom-com about people who were like operating different social media handles for different fast food places who like fell in love not knowing that they were operating them um and I tweeted the idea and I just like tweeted a whole like chain of like things that could happen in it and and then I left my computer for like three hours um to go see Mean Girls the musical because it was in DC at the time um and when I came back I, somebody on book Twitter, I was like not really active on book Twitter but somebody on book Twitter had like retweeted it and a bunch of people were like writing like doing the manuscript wish list thing and I was like wait what like I was like oh <laughs> like I was like dibs dibs um so that's <laughs> sort of how that happened it was actually going to be an adult rom-com at first and then I I did not pitch it to my agent my agent saw the tweet and she was like you should try to turn this into a YA and I was like teens running <laughs> twitter accounts and and then like five minutes later my brain was like yes this is the only way it could ever happen um and and you have a match I think was just uh you know a, a kind of was sparked by I was working for um bustle.com at the time as a viral news editor so like kind of like fun stuff on the internet um that's going viral and there were just so many stories in like 2017 16 somewhere in there about like secret half siblings finding each other and I was like, it would be so strange if you found a full sibling. Uh, and then, of course, my brain does what it always does and is like, turn this into a weird story. So those are how they were born. <laughs> one like, by a glass of wine, yes. one not. <laughs> I like those origin stories. They're good. Yes. <laughs> they didn't like, it, it wasn't as good of a, an origin story as like a falling into a vat of lava, like all of the, you know, yeah. superheroes. But, but they... <laughs> Wine, wine is also it's yeah. a vat of lava in a way <laughs> it is it is very exactly. true <laughs> <laughs> okay and our next question is since we are a podcast do you listen to any podcasts or have any podcast recommendations um gosh uh, it's funny because I remember like how pandemic changes people <laughs> like three years ago I was like podcasts like who listens to podcasts and then um I just like I guess, well, it's also because I started just like walking a lot. Um, 
I, uh, I, I enjoy long walks on the beach with a podcast. No, <laughs> um, that I just sort of started getting more into them. I listened to um, What a Day, the um, news podcast, every single morning without fail. Um, they're so funny. And there's, it's like always about 20 minutes. And it's just sort of like my way when I'm like just getting world. Um, I like Hidden Brain. I love You're Wrong About. Um, I think that's probably my favorite podcast of all time. They sort of like break down all these like things that happened in like modern recent history that media sort of misreported and in like this very funny enlightening way recount what actually happened. Um, and gosh, those are the, and now I've been listening to the book homes. So first, first book <laughs> podcast ever. I like, I was, I have never really listened to book podcasts before. Cause I was like, how do you like listen to a book podcast without getting spoiled? But you guys like have such an amazing format of doing that. Like the, I have like a massive note on my phone now. Oh shoot. It's on my, it's on my work computer. Um, that's like literally just my TBR from like things you guys have mentioned that oh I'm like, darn it. Like, <laughs> So, so thanks for, uh, thanks for keeping, uh, my, my bookshop, um, cart. Well, you are welcome. Existentially confused. <laughs> I love that. Thanks for yeah. listening. Yeah. How did you guys come up with the format? Like, I, I, I heard your guys' origin story. So like, what, what was the, what was the story behind you deciding to create the podcast? Um, so <laughs> I, I listen to a lot of book podcasts and one day I was just, I just tweeted, I want to start a book podcast and Grace and Trudy responded, can we start it with you? And then we just started it. We just kind of were like, no thoughts, only starting a podcast. So it was just kind of, we just kind of did it. Yeah. We winged it. Yeah. And then in terms of the format, we just kind of, we do group reads and everything. We wanted people to be able to listen to at least part of the episodes without just to learn what the book was about and everything without being spoiled. So we decided to kind of split the episodes up too. So we don't give away any spoilers that aren't wanted. It, it's, I, I find it a very compelling format and you guys have such Aww. a great dynamic also. Uh, it is so strange to me that you guys have never met in person, but I, I guess it shouldn't be strange to me anymore. Because these days, I feel like half of, yeah. the, half of the friends I have, I've never met in person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's strange to us, too, because we talk all the time. It's like, you know. Right. Yeah. Do you think maybe someday, post-pandemic, you guys would ever try to meet up? Oh, for yeah, sure. I think we We have tried. We have tried, like, a couple times. <laughs> it just hasn't happened. And then. Yeah. After, yeah. But in the future, yeah. definitely. After we're vaccinated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. The next question we have is, so we, as in addition to your books, we also like reading your BuzzFeed articles. So our question is, what is your favorite product you like tested or discovered from a BuzzFeed article that you wrote? Um, gosh, one of the, I think the thing that first comes to mind is actually a thing I was influenced to buy from a BuzzFeed article before I worked there, but now inflict on everybody via BuzzFeed articles. I'm sh- not sure if you've seen the egg cooker. Yes, I have. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, it's my only personality trait. <laughs> I, for, for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what the egg cooker is, it's this adorable um, kind of like dome shaped kitchen appliance and you can stick up to six eggs in it. They've got a deluxe version. Now you can stick 12 in because we're living in lawless times. Um, and you can like cook eggs like six different ways you can like soft medium or hard boil them you can scramble them you can make an omelet you can poach them I haven't tried the poaching yet I I mostly just wanted like soft boiled eggs I 
pretend I like to be a little fancy European lady, even though I'm <laughs> currently in Virginia. Um, but uh, I just th- thought that was like the coolest thing on the planet. And it, it is, um, it, it, uh, oh, it's also made by this company that makes all these like tiny little cute appliances. That, they're the ones who make that um, tiny little waffle maker. And they have this like very compact little um, mixer ha- hand thing. And they always come in these really pretty colors. So I'm like, one day I'm going to have a kitchen that's not just, I mean, uh, to explain the background that I, uh, podcasters can't see, I'm in a very large pink Hello Kitty dungeon right now. It is my childhood bedroom. I don't usually live here. I usually live in New York where I have like, one tiny itty bitty uh it's not a counter counter is a generous word for what it is it's a a place that fits one paper towel holder (laughs) so it's not a real kitchen but 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 someday I'll have a kitchen and I want to get all the cute stuff from that company to match it it'll be very aesthetic (laughs) that sounds adorable and I have seen that egg cooker and you might have just convinced me to finally buy it there we go just becoming an egg that's what I'm here for is to become the egg cooker influencer I was born to be, that was all just, everything was just a stepping stone to that. I'm curious if there's anything, if not from a BuzzFeed article, just like from any kind of like internet listicle that you guys have like been tempted to buy or have bought on the internet. There've been so many. I feel like it's for me, a lot of times it's like clothes, like this hoodie, I'm wearing like a tie dye hoodie. I was very much influenced by like the tie dye revival at the beginning of the pandemic. (laughs) Absolutely same. I yep. own so much tie-dye now. I'm like yep. staring at it and I'm alarmed. <laughs> For me, it's more so the actual food I think I bought from BuzzFeed articles. Like they've said like, oh, or make this recipe. And then I'll be like, okay, let me try it. And then of course it doesn't turn out anywhere near as good as it looks on the article. Yeah, I feel like I <laughs> one good quality about me is I hate to spend money, <laughs> but I also do, I do really like food. So if I'm going to splurge on something, it's going to be, it's going to be food. So yeah. I feel the same way. Uh, That's sort of a family rule also. Like we will like, we won't buy anything. And then all of a sudden we'll be like, we should get cupcakes shipped from New York. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, uh, But, but that, um, that uh, I feel the same way about all the like tasty videos where I'm like, it looks so beautiful. And when we try to do it, it's a disaster, but there was like a glorious month where I had been hired and we had like the pandemic hadn't shut down the world yet. And the tasty kitchen was downstairs. And sometimes you would just get like an at here on Slack and it'd be like samples of cookies downstairs. Uh. And like, you'd hear these like thundering footsteps going downstairs. <laughs> it was amazing and delicious. And maybe someday it will come back. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Hope you're yes. able to live that life again. That sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, the dream. <laughs> I just miss free office food in general. I, I don't know how, what you guys guys' feelings on that are. <laughs> oh, for sure. We used to, yeah, we used to have food all the time. Um, speaking of food, our next question actually is, what inspired you to heavily feature food in your books? And have you ever tried making any of the food besides monster cake and the sex positive brownies? Um, I think most of the inspiration is just like, I come from a family that loves food. And so that's a huge part of it. it uh, you know, and I, we just, uh, my sisters and I have spent our whole lives baking and we just love, uh, we love to bake. My, the rest of our family also loves to eat it. We have, it's two, I have two sisters and a brother. So it was just like a lot of glory. We also grew up in the nineties where like, uh, you know, 
junk food was at its peak. I, I, you know, like I just, nothing will ever beat a good old packet of Dugaroos. Like, uh, <laughs> so that's definitely part of it. And also I just, you know, I think it's always been important to me in YA because I feel like there are just so many like mixed messages and weird rules and restrictions and nonsense that it's sort of like in the general universe about food and I just think that it's something joyful that should be celebrated and you know what better way to do it than to indiscriminately shove every junk food I've ever <laughs> loved into every book I'll ever write um, so that's sort of how it, how, it, uh, how it started and how it ended is um I have attempted to make other things that we've created and by I I mean my sister Lily has taken the reins because <laughs> I I have this like very big food brain that uh, both literally and metaphorically bites off more than it can chew and she's the one who kind of reins it in and is like here's how we will make it um and she ha is very good at, at figuring out what I was trying to do. Like one of them is we made lasagna balls um, from mm. You Have a Match. Uh, I'm very excited about it. We are releasing the recipe at some point. I was about to sure ask. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for it to be out, um, but uh, I can't take any credit for its creation. It was all her. Um, I think that's the only like, oh, and we are, a, we made but did not chronicle but there is a recipe that will be at some point public, um, the peanut butter and jelly cinnamon rolls from You Have a Match. Um, mm. And it was just more of like a, because it's pandemic times, we just tried to make it as easy as possible. So it was literally just like, if you have peanut butter and jelly and a thing of cinnamon rolls from the grocery store, here's how you assemble it and and mix it to be delicious. Um, but, but those are the things we have attempted and there will be more at some point in the future. Uh, it's nice to be at my parents right now because there is a kitchen. I, my oven doesn't work. That's the other weird thing is while I was writing Tweet Cute, um, I was living in an apartment without an oven. So, and I still am <laughs> one day. <laughs> one day. But um, you saying about your sister made me think, so Pepper and her sister have a baking blog in Tweet Cute. So is there a sister relationship where they both bake stuff kind of influenced by you and your sister baking stuff together? I would say so. Uh, I, I, it's funny because there's much bigger of a gap um, between the sister who's home with me, who bakes with me a lot, um, than between Pepper and Paige. We're six years apart. Um, so baking for us growing up was sort of like a, a thing the big sister did with the little sister. And now it's so different because she's an adult and she's the one who's in charge. And I'm the one who's like scamming cookie dough off of her. Um, so I do think it was like a fun sort of like way to like, explore like the the middle ground of that with with pepper and page for sure um and just sort of like you know any excuse to to feature sisters and baking in general uh do you guys have siblings yeah yes we I all have, do yes we do yeah we all do mm -hmm. i have a younger sister she's two and a half years younger than me and we are pretty close so it's nice i liked reading the sister relationships in your books for that reason too <laughs> that makes me happy Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also have a sister. She's three years younger than me. And we were also very close. My brother is on the other coast of the uh, country, but uh, and he's about to have a daughter. So I'm going to about to be an aunt. But yeah, so we're we have a really big age gap because he's like nine years older than me, um, which is why like he has a kid and I do not. Um, <laughs> but 
so yeah, we've gotten closer, I think, as we've gotten older because of that age gap. So, but yeah. Oh my gosh. Welcome to the, to the ant club. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited for you. Uh, <laughs> do you. you. Do you know when, when the baby's due? Like in a couple of weeks here, it's supposed to be end of February. So oh, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know what yes. sign that is. Uh, what is, this is like oh. the one, it's, is oh, it that be... Tar- Taurus, right? Is no, no, is? Taurus is no, April, April, May. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I Pis- Pisces? Pisces, maybe? Uh, Pisces might be Pisces. Pisces, maybe either Aquarius. I think it might be Aquarius, actually, because I think Pisces is mid-March. Okay. I don't know things. We're in Aquarius have to right look now. Up. That was the first thing I did. Uh, that's all I know. <laughs> that was the first thing I did when my niece was born. I was like, she's a Scorpio. <laughs> we need to figure out her rising moon. We're, like, <laughs> we're not actually into astrology that much, but I was like, I'm, if I'm going to make jokes about this for her whole life, like, I need to know. Like, I... And she's a water sign. So the sister who had her is a not a water sign. And, and my other sister, who is my co-aunt, uh, my, my aunt in arms, we are both water signs. So we have claimed my niece for our own, both through that and the fact that she is 14, 15 months old now. And she loves Taylor We Swift. love that. <laughs> she, <laughs> should. she should. <laughs> this is a quick one. What <laughs> is your favorite flavor of cheese? Jarlsberg. And I know that is the bougiest answer a person could possibly give, but I have to stand <laughs> by it. It's so good. I don't Especially even know. on sourdough. I don't even know if I know what that is. It's kind of like a very nutty, mild Swiss type of cheese. And when it's cooked and like like a little bit burnt on the top. There's like nothing in this world. It's sort of like kind of like buttery. Ooh. It's so good. Uh, I also love sharp cheddar cheese. That's, you know, that's, I feel like that's everybody's go-to. But that, it always reminds me of that line from The Devil Wears Prada, where she's like, look at, looks at the grilled cheese and she goes, you know what? I'm not even hungry. And he says something <laughs> like, there's half a pound of Jarlsberg in there. <laughs> that's my forever mood. That's so funny. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had that but I know it was like a fancy cheese. So now I'm going to need to try it. And and try it like melted on a sourdough if you can swing Mm. it. And that's, that's, that's my ideal situation. Do you guys have a favorite cheese? I'm always collecting cheeses. I am a slut for blue cheese. I did not know that about you. Really? Sorry. It's a podcast. I didn't really. Oh my God. I'm obsessed with it. Like I would eat it every day. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. That's fascinating. I am appropriately obsessed with pepper jack, so. That makes my little <laughs> shipper heart so happy. <laughs> I think Monterey Jack is one of my favorites. That's one where it's like the the yellow and orange cheese together. That with Triscuits? Kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish I That's a go-to for knew sure. more about cheese pairings. All I know is like how to pair <laughs> cheese with like various sna- uh, like crackers and snacks from like school lunch boxes and breads you got gave us that sourdough recommendation (laughs) that's whenever somebody asks that thing it's like what would you eat for your last meal on earth it would 100% just be like open face sourdough toast with your Ellsberg cheese on top of it I've thought a lot about my last meal (laughs) probably to an unhealthy degree (laughs) (laughs) that's perfect so next question uh what is your favorite Taylor Swift album Oof. I love all of her children, but I 
And I feel like this is the kind of a cheap answer because I know a lot of people are saying this right now, but I feel like I'm justified in saying it because I have been waiting for folklore for over a decade. Like some people were like, she came in out of left field with this beautiful indie album. And I was like, no, like I was listening to songs of hers from her very first album. And I always knew that she had an entire album of songs like that in her. And I, I feel like I've been waiting patiently ever since. Cause I was like, she has to do all the big shticks. She has to have her big phases. She has to have the eighties inspired and the reputation era and like all, you know, all these different things. And then finally, it, you know, it was our time. So I just love folklore with every, every single inch of it. I just, I think I will always, that will always be my favorite. <laughs> Do you yeah, guys that's have so, one? That's so valid. Um, my favorite is Reputation, I think, although Evermore is really creeping up there with me. Like Reputation, yep. it's very special to me. I love that album. But like you said, I love all her children. So <laughs> the Evermore is really, it's really creeping up there for me. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also a reputation stan, but I, I agree with you on folklore. I think folklore is a close second. So I'm not, okay. So let's, the answer to your question is Lover. Um, <laughs> because I think it's her most, I don't think it's her most poppy album, but it is like one of her more pop albums. Because um, I, I mean, I, I, I Taylor, Taylor Swift is fine. I have some Taylor Swift songs I like, but I am not as, as big of a stan as the other co-hosts. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm just here for the ride. It's fine. Everyone has their flaws. It's okay. <laughs> before we get we good yes. into the important questions oh, yes. i have a question that's not important um i just wanted to know okay so abby and you have a match her last name is day i wanted to know if she was named after jess day in new girl's sister who was also named abby that was not intentional but i was at one point re-watching new girl <laughs> um during the when i was like copy editing you have a match and i was like oh <laughs> So there was definitely a moment where I was like, but it was too late. That's okay. (laughs) It's such a a great show though. So, you know, it is in a way it's spiritually. Yes. She was named after her. Okay, good. Good to know. Um, So we were very big fans of Pooja in Tweeku and Finn and you have a match. So our question is, is have you ever thought about writing a book about one of the minor characters in either of your books? Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you guys like them because they were probably the most fun to write uh, outside of like just like the main main characters that I was like in in their heads of. Um, I feel like in every book you get like one like really like fun character that you're just like, <laughs> you're like, here's here's my, I'm trying to think of like a, a guilty pleasure, right? Where you're like, ah, yes, we get to go over here for a little while with this friend. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I haven't really thought about ever doing a spinoff. I think it would be fun if there, if there were ever a chance to do spinoffs for things like that. But I guess the way that um, things have, have gone, it's sort of like um, when you're, the timeline of things is like you're turning in the draft for your working on the proposal for the second one. And like right now it's like, I'm in this flex where it's like Tweet Q came out a year ago. You have a match came out a month ago. The third book is finished and has been since April <laughs> and uh and I just finished the fourth book first draft yesterday so it's sort of like your brain is like already in like six different worlds but it would be a really cool thing to to maybe someday get to explore you know it's I I, I feel like with YA contemporaries it's not often that you 
see spinoffs, but it would it would be fun if, if there were ever something. I, I, I would like to think that they'll make little cameos at some point in, mm. in future things. Mm. Mm. Um, this actually goes very well into our next question here, which is, can you tease anything about what you're working on or what's coming up in the future? Yes, uh, I'm excited that I can because the last time when TweetQ came out, I couldn't really say anything about You Have a Match yet. Um, the third book, I don't think I can say the title, but the details are on Goodreads. So I think I'm allowed to say that, um, uh, watch like the book police just like run out <laughs> and grab me. Um, uh, it's sort of like a Mamma Mia inspired. It's like, it's like very on the nose. Like the main character is like a big musical theater kid. Uh, and she finds her dad's live journal from the early 2000s and figures out that one of three women that he writes about is the mom that basically dropped her off when she was a baby and was like, this is yours now. Um, and in the meantime, so she like has this whole summer in, in the meantime, she's trying to uh, let her father go to, or have her father let her go to this um, kind of like very hard to get into exclusive pre-college program across the country for musical theater. And he's saying no. So she sort of has this incentive to find this mom that she knows is musically inclined to get her to convince him to get on board with it. Um, and one of the moms, one of the potential moms works at a talent agency. And so she scams her way into an internship, but unfortunately she, well, fortunately <laughs> she has to fight with her very cute school rival to get the internship. So mm -hmm. that's a whole thing that's happening. So it's like basically musical theater. It's in New York again. So I got to go back. Uh, I, I feel like I'm very biased in saying that I feel like all books that are set in New York are just like 10% at least more that's fun. Um, uh, so, so that's, that's the, um, that's the third book. She also has like a very Finn-esque best friend who lives across the hall. Her name's Millie. I, I think I'm allowed to say that too. Um, <laughs> so instead of a, a mama Mia, it's a Millie Mia. Um, <laughs> and there's just like all sorts of like, kind of like fun shenanigans she gets into as she's chasing all three of these women and like getting like deeper and deeper into their lives and like not telling them why she's doing it um, while her dad has no idea. Um, so that's the third book. And the fourth book, I don't think I can say much about, but it is set in college, which is exciting. Because uh, I had not gotten to write a college book. Well, I wrote a college book, but it didn't sell. Um, so this is the first time a college book will get published. <laughs> Yay, those sound so exciting. Hey, that's exciting. I'm excited, I'm definitely excited. I'm curious to see what happens now because I've, I'm only contracted through four books and I'm like, I guess this is the first time I had to reckon with like, what, what am I doing now? Cause I genuinely finished it on like Sunday night. And I'm like, I guess I have revised now, but now I'm like, <laughs> what is next I have like 15,000 things I want to do I guess it's just picking what is next so ah. <laughs> yeah it's a little scary and exciting and I'm really excited for the college book too because I feel like college is kind of like a little bit untapped mm -hmm. there's not not as many books about college as there could be yeah so that's really I'm really excited I saw you we saw your tweet the other yes. day and we were like yes. Ooh, yeah so. oh my gosh that was a, a quote retweet of Erin Hans and she, I'm such a huge fan of hers both her writing and just like her presence on Twitter. Cause I feel like she really hits the nail on the head with like, like things that are like, just sort of like frustrating issues in publishing and, and definitely just like the lack of like early twenties, 
books that aren't like immediately shoehorned into like a very specific like not that there's anything like wrong with like sexy new adult books but it's like not every book about somebody in their 20s is is gonna slant that way and it kind of sucks that it's like if you have a there's so many coming of age stories I feel like that are happening later I've no Mm -hmm. I personally was like not at all like ready for anything you know all that romantic or even just like identity identity wise like until college so or like in that age at least so I hope that that becomes more of a trend I feel like we're leaning that way that is fingers crossed (laughs) yeah that'd be great definitely for that um so then we had some of our listeners sent in some questions um I should say that we got this question I think like three but close um three okay Okay, it was a lot. A lot of people said it in this question. Um, so if you had to pick a Taylor Swift song for Tweet Cue and you have a match, so each one separately, what would it be? I love it. Multiple people ask this. That brings <laughs> my heart so much joy. The people need to know. <laughs> they need to know. Gosh. Um, I think Tweet Cute, I need to I need to think. Tweet Cute is mirrorball. And and I think it's a lot to do with um a, it's my favorite song in the album. <laughs> and I also just think it's like these, the two, both characters have this thing where they're sort of like feeling like they're having to shape themselves around other people's worlds. And and I, I feel like that is a big pivotal part of the story is that they're not even recognizing how much they're doing that until they see it in each other. And then they're like, oh, like it's a Spider-Man <laughs> meme where they're pointing at each other and they're like, you too. Um, so I think Mirrorball for um, Tweet Cute. And I think for You Have a Match, it's This Is Me Trying. I don't know why I'm like <laughs> both times coming up with folklore songs. You can see, you can see that my uh, favorite album has been betrayed on me. Um, but, uh, but, I, but I do feel like that's sort of the theme with both of them where they're, they're both just doing their best. It's, 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 that meme, it's, it's the meme of what are you doing? And they're both like, my best. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. I can definitely see that for both of them. <laughs> Um, and on that same trend, if you had to pick a Taylor Swift song for each of the following, what would it be? So we'll start with Pepper Jack. I mean, I think you could definitely bump up the rivalry with things like Bad Blood, but like the core of them, I feel like is just because it's set in New York and there is just sort of this like rush of like everything is like very passionate, like in terms of like there is a Twitter war going on and everyone has a lot of feelings. Um, I feel like State of Grace. Uh I just because there is just like something about the traffic lights and the and the discovery of it all uh, sort of feels state of Gracie to me in in my head and just like the colors I imagined for state of grace in my head are sort of the same colors I imagine when I think of tweet cute. Yeah, as I a grace, that. I approve of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad I got the uh, state of grace. grace yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so then we have Abby and Leo. This is a deep cut. Um, that Mary song, Oh My My, from like, I want to say like the first yeah. album is where I go with that because it just the childhood friends to friends to lovers kind of yes. kind of vibe. So that that's it's just very sweet. And um, I don't think about that song very often. But sometimes when I do, I don't know what it is about songs with stories. Yeah. In it. I just get like very emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a good song. Did you guys listen to the new oh, love story? Of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every 
single time. I'm like, I know how it goes. I know that <laughs> I know that he's gonna get down on one knee, and she's gonna pick out a white dress, and still I'm gonna cry about it. Like, <laughs> it still hits different every time. It, it does. does. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Savvy and Mickey. This is also a slightly deep cut. I think it's um, I'm only me when I'm with you is is gonna be theirs because I do feel that about. Well, I guess more about Savvy than Mickey, because I feel like Mickey's not that, you know, she's very comfortable being herself in all situations. So I think like that's a song that Savvy thinks about Mickey, because it's she's like the one person that she doesn't have to like be any kind of like performative thing for. So, and it's just a sweet song. And yeah, that's so cute. I love it. Okay. I'm I'm glad that there were lots of Taylor Swift related questions. This this makes me feel like my brand is is getting more powerful by the day. It definitely, very yes, strong. I definitely feel like Taylor Swift and Emma Lord is like a nice little thing there. Yes. yes, I would I would just love to like be in a room with her. I had a dream once that that we were in the same restaurant. It was a really great dream. It was pretty cool. I had a lot of dreams where I ran into her too. And what we were, is that like? I don't know. Maybe we were in the same dream. Was yours like a nice restaurant? Because mine was. It was like a. Re- it was like not a place I would normally be like strolling into. No, I feel like I had a dream once where we were like, like we had like a history of being friends. Like we, the dream started. And we were established best friends already, and I was like, this is <laughs> that's the best kind. So <laughs> you don't even have to. You don't have to do that thing where you're like, do I have to ask for her autograph? Like, because that's where I was in my dream. I was like, do I make it weird? Or like. <laughs> Would, ra- would rather have been an established friend. <laughs> yeah, it, it made it easier. <laughs> and then I believe our final question is if Tweet oh, Cute became a movie adaptation, who would you want to play Pepper and Jack? So I had like no specific idea when I was writing it. But afterward, when they did kind of ask me in terms of like, um, when we had no idea what the cover was going to look like and there was like a, you know, it might have been drawn and it might've been humans and, and, and all that jazz. They did ask me. And um, did you guys watch Anne with an E on Netflix? Yes. I've seen. I imagine the kid who plays Gilbert as, as Jack. Uh, I feel like he has very good presence. He's very, he is able to be very wry and like very funny, but also very mature. Um, I feel like he would not have trouble playing Jack and Ethan because my sister pointed out to me that whoever plays Jack is also oh, yeah. playing <laughs> in this movie I've made in my head. Um, so that that's my pick for Jack. Did you like him in the role? I did. Yeah, I thought he did a great job. And I can totally see him as Jack too, now that you say it. It's it's the hair too. Yeah. Uh, it's it's weird though because I have no idea what he looks like in real life. I've genuinely only ever seen him in like his like old timey and with an E clothes, um, but I feel like that's uh, that's sort of what I had in mind for him. Um, Pepper though, pretty immediately was um, uh, I know how to it's 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 it looks like it's Andrew Rice, but I think it's Angori Rice, um, and she plays Betty in the most recent Spider Man reboot. And she actually has her own um, book podcast and an Instagram. You guys I are probably following. I knew uh, I knew that she had a book podcast. Yes, and I've forgotten the name of it, which is very unlike me. I feel like I, whenever I like, am like brain 
collect this, grab this information, fetch. My brain's like, I, I don't feel like it. Um, <laughs> but she's, she has this phenomenal like presence on, on, on bookstagram also as like a side account to her, like actual, like I'm a celebrity account. Um, and she is kind of what I imagined for, for Pepper. And, and I feel like the more I follow her on Instagram, the more I'm like, are you just Pepper? Like, <laughs> like, uh, so that's like my dream cast. If, if like someday a movie ever happened, that would be pretty cool. But I would also just like love it if like people who were just like complete unknowns were in the role. Yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. that's what's so great about like all these YA adaptations is like, it's a really great opportunity for like people who just are coming out of left field to be like, here I am, the next Lana Condor. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was it, I think. Yeah, yeah I it. think. Um, I feel like I, my question for you guys then is, um, is there any dessert you guys are planning on on consuming to get through? I guess I guess minus Grace to get yeah. through the cold, <laughs> but you're still allowed <laughs> to have dessert even if it's not cold. <laughs> as long as she doesn't make it herself, like she did with monster <laughs> cake. I eat my sister's desserts mostly. <laughs> she makes a lot of desserts, and I my role is to eat them. So it's a good it's yeah, a good yeah. dynamic. A circle of life role in in the yeah. dessert continuum, and <laughs> and that's a good one to have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my go-to snow day is uh, the hot chocolate with some Baileys. So that's probably what's going to happen tomorrow. Oh, that's quality. (laughs) Mm. I'm big on brownies. I'm still trying to find a brownie recipe that I really like. So I'll probably, maybe I'll try to work on that this weekend. Try to find a different one. Because I've made a couple of different ones. So they've never been like quite how I want them. So I'm going to try to find a better one. I feel like the best brownies I've ever had are like ones at like a bake sale from like a town mm-hmm. where I don't live. And like, I yeah. know I'm never going to find it again. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm just searching for that, that perfect brownie in my mind. <laughs> a lifelong pursuit, a worthy one. <laughs> yes. I have Milano's in my cabinet. Dark Ooh, chocolate. What flavor? Dark oh, chocolate. So I guess that'll be my next dessert. That's always completely foolproof dessert option um I personally will be eating mug cake because that's all I know how to do now is just eat mug cakes Uh, my entire body is 90% Duncan Hines slash Buddy Crocker mug cakes right now (laughs) oh yeah the little packets I used to eat those all the time Mm -hmm. they're good I I remember like back before those were a thing in college I knew how to like make mug cakes so well that I genuinely could just like close my I could like blindfold myself and like start putting like flour sugar cocoa powder like into a mug and like have it ready to go so like I love that we live in this modern era now where where they, you can just buy mug cake packets on the internet like <laughs> thank goodness mm-hmm. yep so do we have any last thoughts or should we wrap up I don't want to take up too much of your time so, but thank you again so much yeah. for coming thank on. thank you for having me um I, I mean I can't I can't think of anything off the top of my head, except that this has just been so much fun. And I have been looking forward to your guys' episodes. And I'm excited to finally be listening to a book podcast. Uh, it feels like it's been it's, it was it was all just I was just waiting for you guys. That's what was happening. That's, that's why I waited so long to listen to a book a podcast. <laughs> that's so nice. It is. Does your does your third book have a release date yet that you want to oh, that you want to tell people to look out I for? Guess I, we know it's going to be January two thousand twenty two, which seems very strange, but it'll go like that. It always does. Yeah. Yeah. Passage of time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Already almost done February twenty twenty one, so it'll be here before we know it. <laughs> it's bonkers. 
March, yeah. March again. March again. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to drop your Twitter too? Cause you have very funny tweets that the people That's should, true. They should definitely <laughs> follow you. OMG. Oh gosh. Thanks. Um, my, my Twitter is at dilemma Lord. So it's the word dilemma and then Lord, uh, my mom told me five years ago that I would regret that. And you know what? Now it's stuck like that forever. So <laughs> <laughs> no going back now. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's I great. like it. Yeah. yeah it's good. Good. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> so, so there's, th- those are where you can find me lurking on the internet, talking about Spider-Man, talking about cake, talking about Taylor Swift, sometimes books. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us. This was yeah. so much fun. Thank you for having me and and stay warm on your end and yeah, and Grace, soak in the sun for us. I, I will. I will. <laughs> Tell it we said hello. I will. I'll pass along the message. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, have a great rest of your night. You, uh, you too. And like, yeah. and if you guys ever want to collab on anything ever, uh, you know, I'm I'm around. I have no life, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I, and I, and I, yeah, and you're I welcome back. You guys. You're welcome back so. anytime. <laughs> yeah, you can be like the fourth co-host. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could keep up with you guys. You read so fast. Trudy <laughs> reads fast. Me and Sarah read she at does. a regular pace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trudy keeps us going. Yeah. <laughs> So this brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you again to Emma Lord for coming on and talking to us. We had a great time. And don't forget that next week, our group read episode about Archer's Voice by Mia Sheridan is airing. It is March 1st is when that will come out. So make sure that you read the book along with us and tweet us or DM us on Twitter all of your thoughts. Use the hashtag bookhoseread. And you can do that at our Twitter, which is at the bookhose. You can also send us messages and tag us in posts on Instagram, which is at bookhosepod. Um, we also have an email, bookhosepod at gmail.com. So you can send us your thoughts there as well. Um, we do like to use the subject of emails as our episode title. So maybe yours could be the title of our next coming up episode. Also, absolutely leave a rating, write a review, especially on Apple Podcasts so that other people can find our podcast and then share the podcast with all of your friends. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you again to Emma Lord for joining us this week. We hope you have a great day. Bye. Bye.